0: Holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St Matthew Glory Lord
1: Lord to Christ.
0: Christ Once more Jesus spoke to the people in parables saying the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet but they would not come Again he sent other slaves saying Tell those who have been invited, look, i prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered. Everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and Burn their city. Then he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there Who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. The gospel of the Lord. In the name of our loving, liberating, and life-giving God, amen. Amen. Please be seated. So here at St. Cecilia's, we're kind of informal, and even though the liturgical color is technically green, I have a uh, special stole that I'm going to have to wear at least for the sermon part of today's service. If you can't see that, maybe you recognize the colors. I remember that I requested a special table, a quiet one in the back corner of the back room where we could have an intimate conversation and our PDA would be less visible to the broader restaurant. It was actually our very first date in public. It was one of those ridiculously delicious steak and seafood places which Louisiana just seems to do better than anybody else and it was just a few blocks up the street from what Sandy and I had already started calling the doghouse my modest, historic cottage where we would soon live together with six dogs, large ones. I already knew that I loved her, and I already knew about her dad's larger-than-life appetite for life, life. He loved New Orleans. He had loved his family. He had loved both the Astros and the Saints. He loved a party, and he loved the Episcopal Church. On holidays, her dad, Buddy Carter, served his four daughters, not just any champagne, but Dom Perignon. And there were still priests I knew in the Diocese of Louisiana, getting up there now in age, who recalled vividly the extravagant parties that Buddy And Big Sandy, Sandy's mom, threw on their behalf where the table was set with a feast of epic proportions and clergy were made to feel special, appreciated, and totally satiated. So I knew what I had to do in that moment. I ordered the most expensive Cabernet Sauvignon on the menu. She was impressed until... I made the mistake of adding this statement. Don't get used to it, baby. I make priest money. (laughs) She looked at me with that expression I have since come to recognize as the one that communicates ever so clearly, whatever. You know you love me, and you'll give me what I want, which is true. Because when you sit down at a table with one you love, it is always a feast. No expense should be spared, no effort should be withheld to make it so. It was at that same restaurant just a few years prior to that date, at the end of the summer of 2017, where a local construction company owner, a A man who'd done well, not just because of his business savvy, but also because of his generous heart, had invited me to share a meal with him and his administrative staff, including his son, who would soon go on to become a state senator. It was just after Hurricane Harvey had flooded my hometown of Houston and made life difficult for many of you, maybe impossible for some. Don. The company owner told me during that meal, listen, when Katrina happened, I was affected like everybody else, and I was just trying to survive, so I couldn't help anybody, but I can help now, and I want to help the people of Houston, and I know that you know people there, so find out what they need, and together, we'll make it happen. It was only a few days later that we set off from Covington, Louisiana, to Houston with three large semis filled with needed supplies of every kind. The warehouse from where we distribute just happened to be right next door to gallery furniture, which really will save you money, by the way, and I discovered When we got there, that Don's crew, all of them, had stayed up the entire night, making enough jambalaya to feed the multitudes. So I found Mattress Mac. He was directing traffic in his parking lot. Gallery Furniture had actually turned into the, the biggest distribution center for cleaning supplies in the entire region, and thousands of people were showing up there every day. So... We asked Mr. Mack, or Mattress as I like to call him, if we could set up Jambalaya feeding stations right there at Gallery Furniture. He looked at us like we had cornbread for brains, and he ignored us. But we chased him around the parking lot and kept asking him the same question. And finally he stopped and looked us in the eye and said, Oh, why not? It's chaotic enough. What's a little bit more? But this chaos, he would discover, was delicious. The supplies we delivered were appreciated, but the jambalaya we served all that afternoon, that was savored by many who tasted not only Louisiana, but also compassion and kindness and love. There's something about sharing a meal, especially one that someone has prepared with their own hands that connects us and unites us and fills our hearts and souls as well as our bellies. That was the summer of miracles, the same summer that my dog, now Willie Willie Nelson and I, had traveled all the way from New Orleans to Las Vegas sharing God's love and dog's love through stories and sniffs and I'll Remember that we raised thousands of dollars for animals. But what I know Willie appreciated most of all was the barbecue he got to sample all along the way. I don't know who told them, but our hosts had all heard that Willie really liked Texas barbecue, and they all delivered from Corsicana all the way to Oklahoma and New Mexico and Arizona and Nevada, breaking bread and barbecue while listening to inspiring stories about man's best friend turned out to be the ticket to transformation, changing the lives of listeners and the lives of those impacted by their generosity. But the Holy Spirit was not done bringing people together through a sacred, if not spectacular, celebration, especially for those who had always thought they would never be invited and perhaps assumed that they were simply not worthy to be on the list, to be seated at such a table, overflowing, not just with delicacies and deliciousness, but with love and acceptance and joy. It was just a few weeks later Game 7 of the World Series at Dodger Stadium. And I remember vividly walking into a sea of blue, wearing my Astros rainbow jersey and my clerical collar. Because, A, I figured the Astros could use all the prayer they could get, and B, I did not want to get my ass kicked. (laughs) My buddies and I were met in the outfield by none other than Father Dennis Maynard and his son, both of them die-hard Dodger fans, which just goes to show you that God loves everyone. You may recall that Dennis Maynard is the author of one of the books that we read in our discovery classes called Those Episcopals. It's a book in which we learn about how broad and long and welcoming our table is in this tradition. The Maynards, extended hospitality, bought us beverages, and wished us well as we made our way to our seats, and all we could hear was a loud chorus of, Boo! (laughs) Until they saw my clerical come there were audible gasps from the Dodger faithful. And then I heard a loud voice crying in the wilderness, that's not fair, they brought a priest! (laughs) As it turned out, perhaps it was not. I remember when the game ended, I got to high-five Kate Upton, which turned out to be the least of my memories. You see, in the parking lot of Dodger Stadium, looking for an Uber, we got lost. And when you realize that you are lost, it is that moment when you might get found, maybe even saved. We stumbled accidentally onto a tailgate that just happened to be hosted by my friend's friend, and that friend just happened to be one of the Astros' owners. He told my friend that I was lost with, look, We're having a little party up on the penthouse of our host hotel, a hotel that I had just happened to book on faith six weeks earlier. I think that I can get you in, and and I might even be able to get in that priest guy. (laughs) I'll put you on the list, he said. (laughs) As it turned out, we were on the list. And I'll never forget getting off the elevator and seeing Reed Ryan, Nolan's son, standing by the official doorkeeper and telling him they're on the list. They're invited. Let them in. I admit that when I asked Jim Crane if the Astros needed a chaplain, he looked at me like Mattress Mac had that day in the parking <laughs> But everybody else there welcomed us with open and enthusiastic arms. I will never forget toasting with Jeff Bagwell. I will never forget Alex Bregman, who was running around the reception, carrying the trophy, stopping long enough to put his arm around me for a photo. And I remember hearing all of his teammates tease him, You don't even go to church, man. And I remember him replying, of course I don't, I'm Jewish, I go to temple. (laughs) And I remember all the voices saying, eat up, drink up, enjoy, there's plenty for everybody. The spread was impressive, but the joy and camaraderie and community was better. Craig Biggio likely my favorite baseball player of all time, called me Padre. And while he may have been disappointed when I told him that I was actually an Episcopal priest, I was not disappointed that he was actually a Houston Astro. And I was so grateful to be invited, to be included, to be fed, to be embraced to a feast to a celebration that I knew I was unworthy to attend, I realized there was no reason that I was there other than the grace of God and a very good friend who loved me. I will be forever grateful. And in fact, I will be buried in my rainbow jersey and my collar. Because here is the miracle. All miracles the kingdom of heaven is like a great feast and whether we deserve to be invited to the reception for the king's son or not because he knows us he knows our name and loves us loyally and fervently and unconditionally our names are on that list it's a big deal to be invited to the table to be given a place at the banquet beyond every other. So whatever our excuse not to show up, not to count our blessing, not to deeply appreciate the privilege of being fed and the joy of feeding others in his name, show up and join in the celebration and add to that list all you know who think they are not worthy to be invited. They are invited, and so are you, for the host knows our name.
1: I have a father he formed my heart before even time began my life was in his hands he knows my name He knows my every thought He sees each tear that falls And He hears me when I call I have a Father He calls me His own He'll never leave me No matter where I go He knows my name He knows my every thought He sees each tear that falls And He hears me when He knows my every thought. He sees each tear that falls and hears me when I call.